Hey, hey family. family. I'm Joanna. And I'm Shannon. And, and we're, we're just Ordinary, ordinary Catholics. Catholics. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord, we bless your name today as we sit outside in the goodness of your creation. Help us to use our friendship to call each other higher and to always remember to turn to you. We love you. Amen. Amen. We always end with that. Father, Son, Holy Spirit. It's a good wrap up. It is. So, if you couldn't already tell, we are recording outside today. We are enjoying kind of a fall. Well, a Florida fall. Yeah. Right? Fall in Florida, yeah. So it's not miserably hot and humid today. So we have set up shop outside in a hammock. And that's where we were filming. So if you hear some lovely little birds or the breeze, that's why. Yeah. You brought it up last time, so I'll bring it up this time. House prayer challenge going? Oh gosh, I was hoping you would forget. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I was I was doing all right. I I did uh, four minutes of silence for let's see Friday, Saturday, three days in a row, and then I just totally forgot about it until yesterday. So, oops. <laughs> oh, but if it makes you feel better, I also haven't done it for the past three days. That does make me feel better. Yeah, now I have company over. They're staying with us this week, and I, that's totally an excuse. Trying to keep up with them and everything has just kind of been a distraction, so I haven't quite set aside the time that I've needed to, to sit and pray, so. That's okay. I'm going to get back on track. Yeah, I'm definitely sticking with the four minutes of silence instead of moving on to five minutes because... I obviously couldn't handle four, <laughs> but that's okay. That's okay. Today we are talking about another guy who loves the mountains probably more than we do, uh, and that is Blessed Pierre Giorgio Frassati. Yeah, he's super cool. We chose him because he's the patron saint of students, young Catholics, youth groups, World Youth Day, and also mountaineers. Which is awesome. Yes very. I also think it's just kind of ironic that we love the mountains so much and we live in Florida which is so flat. Yeah it would be nice to uh, be closer. Yeah. Oh well. It's okay. All right so we're gonna give you a little background on Blessed Pierre Giorgio Versati. He's a modern-day Catholic hero. Yeah he's a super cool dude. I he is more modern when it comes to saints because he is like well for us it's like our great grandparents age yeah he was born in 1901 that's the I year believe. walt disney was born oh yeah there you go <laughs> anyway another hero <laughs> Oops. he was born in italy into a wealthy family i think his dad was a politician they were pretty well known in the area of italy that he grew up in Pier Giorgio was known for showing compassion and outreach to others starting at a very young age. Uh, there's an example where he actually gave shoes off of his own feet to a family who their son or their little boy did not have any shoes, so Blessed Frasati like actually took off his own shoes and gave it to them. Yeah, and when he was, I guess, graduated from high school, he had the opportunity to get a car as a gift, which it was 1918, 1917 at that time, 1919. Cars were very new. 
and he chose money instead of a car and he ended up giving most of that away to the poor. Well, the cool thing about Pier Giorgio Versati is that he is a little non-conventional, I think, when it comes to our Catholic understanding of saints. Like a lot of the saints that we reference are either like they were nuns or they were martyrs or they were monks or priests and Blessed Pier Giorgio is not those things. He was very scholarly, but he didn't like he wasn't in a monastery or he didn't live his life in in solitary or anything like that. Well, coming from a wealthy family, he was definitely educated. He was also very athletic. He was sociable, he was popular. He liked to go to the movies and have parties. The moving pictures. Yes, the moving pictures. But I did read <laughs> that he would only watch movies that had a moral value to them. So he didn't want to waste his time on any old moving picture <laughs> and he also used to sneak out but when he snuck out it was to go help the poor around town yeah and his, his family didn't quite approve of the intense faith that he had his family was catholic but uh, they were not as involved or as practicing as he was yeah his dad was atheist but his mom was, was yeah very she catholic. was yeah so he would sneak out, help the poor. Sometimes when his family would go on vacation, he would not go because he would say, if I leave to go on vacation, who would take care of like, the yeah, poor who, of our town? Who was gonna stay and take care of the poor? He also really loved mountain climbing and hiking and mountaineering. And he was known for going climbing with his friends and kind of doing spontaneous prayer liturgies or just having theological conversations while they were hiking and that was a, his way of evangelizing and bringing other people closer to Christ. Yeah, he always challenged his friends to higher virtue. He knew they had the good in them and challenged them to be who they were supposed to be. He also attended to the sick quite often. He assisted servicemen. He even joined the lay Dominicans after he had graduated from high school. So I actually didn't know this because in today's world, daily mass is a thing. So you could receive communion every day if you wanted to. But apparently back in Italy, particularly in the early 1900s, it was not as normal to receive communion every day. I read that too. And he got special approval somehow to receive. And that actually propelled his service was being able to receive Christ every day. Which I think we take for advantage. Oh, definitely. Or take for granted. We definitely take that for granted. Yeah. Until COVID. Right. When Pierre Giorgio was 24, his grandmother was dying. And he simultaneously got sick working with the poor, but he ignored his own illness. And anytime anybody would try to give him attention, he would say, let's go see my grandmother. It turned out he was sick because he had contracted polio from one of the people he was serving in the community. By the time he realized what was happening, he just kind of fell ill and was paralyzed already. And he passed away three days later on um, July 4th. So his feast day is July 4th. According to his sister who was with him when he died, his dying last words were, May I breathe forth my soul in peace with you. That's so beautiful. Very peaceful. 
and hopeful for a 24 year old who is you know dying of a terrible disease yes so and his his parents expected a large turnout for his funeral because he was young and they were a very wealthy and well-known family little did they know that there were thousands of people who showed up for his funeral and many of which they didn't know yeah but he knew because of the community that he was really christ's hands and feet a lot of the people that attended the funeral were the poor that Blessed Frasati had attended to during his life. And a lot of people that his family didn't know he had touched while he was alive. He was originally buried in his family plot. I think in the 80s, maybe 1980s, he was moved to um, the Turin Cathedral and his body was found incorrupt. It's cool, but it's kind of creepy. If you're like, listening and you're like what does that even mean incorruptible means that your body is immune to death or decay and this has happened to many saints that they were so holy and they were so close to christ that their bodies are still perfectly preserved they look like they're just sleeping but their bodies are just hundreds of years old and still completely intact. Yeah, that is a little creepy, yeah. actually, but it's almost Halloween, so I'll allow it. <laughs> <laughs> it was actually, I, I've seen a couple of them. No. Yeah, when Ooh. we were, when I graduated from high school, we took a family vacation to Italy, and we went to Rome, and we took a tour of the Vatican, and there were, I can't remember who it was, but there was one or two incorruptible bodies there and I remember my siblings were younger and they like didn't quite understand that like why is there somebody sleeping in that glass case and it was like well no they died like hundreds of years ago oh my I will take your word for it because that I don't know I think I would act like your siblings even though I'm a grown-up <laughs> <laughs> so we keep talking about saints but we also keep referring to him as blessed instead of saint instead of saint frasati and there's a reason for that it is because he hasn't fulfilled every step to become a saint because there are actually steps to become there, a saint there's a lot of qualifications in the catholic church to becoming a saint there's a lot of research and time and prayer that goes into canonizing someone as a saint so, and it usually takes quite a long time for that to happen. So because he's a more modern saint, it's taking a lot of time to do that. Being incorrupt in and of itself is not enough to be considered a, a full-fledged saint. There are other qualifications that he has to fulfill before he can become fully canonized as a saint. The first step is that one of the local bishops investigates his life for heroic virtue. And once that is approved, it goes on to a panel of theologians. I always say this word. Theologians? Yes, thanks. You're welcome. Theologians. And they go on to evaluate his life. From there, he becomes the venerable. So you might have heard that word, venerable, which basically means he's a role model 
of the Catholic virtues. Once they're venerated, they have to wait for a miracle. In 1933, there was a miracle attributed to Blessed Frasati. Um, there was a man called Domenico Selen who had tuberculosis, and a local priest brought over some of the relics of Frasati and prayed to Frasati, and he was cured from tuberculosis and then went on to live another three decades. That miracle was in review from 1933 until 1989. I was actually watching a show while I was folding my laundry a couple weeks ago, and it was the like the Netflix documentary with Zac Efron. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great documentary. I have just you have seen to say. it? Oh yeah. Oh okay. Well, I was watching the episode on with water. Lords. Yeah, yes. and they go to Lords, and it was really neat because they interview the doctor there. To, uh, to f talk about like how the water has healing properties and how it's been attributed to all these miracles and things like that. And it was really neat to watch non-Catholic people be walked through the process of what qualifies something as a miracle. So at the end of the whole episode, they're talking to the doctor and the doctor pulls out this massive file that's like at least like a foot to 16 inches high and he's like oh yeah this is the case for one of the miracles and he takes a, a file folder off the top that only has like a couple pieces of paper in it and he says if you want to to get just kind of an idea of how intensive this whole process is and he points to the massive pile that's like a foot high and he says this is this is the scientific research and he takes the file folder and he says this is the religion yeah, it's just one tiny little part of it. Yeah, and it's just neat because it just it goes to show you that there is so much that goes into proving that something is a miracle. Like, there is extensive research to qualify something as a miracle to say it had to have been, like, a, a terminal illness and it had to have been cured completely with no alternative explanation. So there's a lot of work that goes into proving a miracle. And that's why it takes so long. That's why it was in review for so long. After the miracle was approved, JP2 really, really promoted Frasati's good work and called him the man of eight beatitudes. If you remember from the book of Matthew, the beatitudes are the blesseds, right? Blessed are the meek, blessed are the poor in spirit, blessed are the peacemaker, Blessed are those who mourn. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness. And blessed are those who are merciful. He lived out his life to exemplify the Beatitudes. And in 2010, Pope Benedict called on teens to follow Frasati's example, saying, discover that it is worth to commit oneself for God to respond to his call in fundamental decisions. Pope Francis has also venerated Blessed Frasati's remains. So that's three different popes that have been popes during his beatification. And have publicly recognized yeah. him. They're all three popes that, I mean, even in my lifetime, I remember all three of those popes. So it's neat that, you know, in recent, like this is a very modern saint that they, he's been referenced by all three of these popes. Yeah, it makes it easy to 
try to emulate him. You know, like you think of Joan of Arc and she was really, really cool. I've never been to a medieval castle though. Yeah, there's actually a series of trails called like the Prasadi trails that you can go hike in Italy. And that's because he was so well known for his love of nature and the mountains. He's inspiring because like I'm, he was 24 when he died and he did all of these incredible things for other people. And I'm in my twenties too. And I didn't join a convent or I didn't fight in, you know, a French war like Joan of Arc did. But there are still ways in modern times to be the hands and feet of Christ so fervently for others that you can become a saint. Like it's very inspiring that someone so young who did normal things like go hiking with his friends can yeah. become a saint. Yeah, he didn't have to give up his entire life, take a vow of poverty, become a priest or a nun in our case. He lived within his means and he was able to be the hands and feet of Christ within his own community, in his own life. He was known for saying the phrase verso l'alto, which means to the heights. That's a way of calling all of us higher to be the best version of ourselves. We use the the mountain metaphor a lot in our videos and in our podcasts because we love the mountains so much as an example of you know we're all on this faith journey we're climbing towards heaven we want to be the best versions of ourselves and this the verso alto as like a a catchphrase for blessed Pier giorgio is, is very inspirational to call us higher to be the best version of ourselves and to to do take everything we do to the heights We should put it on our bucket list to hike some of those trails. <gasps> I'm so down. I'm so down. Do it. That sounds like fun. We want to know what saints inspire you. Yeah, so let us know on Instagram at an ordinary Catholic or grab coffee with us someday and tell us all about your favorite saints and who really inspires you and why. We're praying for you. Please pray for us. Let's meet, meet in, in our, our prayers. prayers. Oh, there are the church bells. Beautiful. I love being outside. We should do this more often. <laughs> <laughs> okay, bye. Bye.